0: You're listening to the Two Biz Chicks Podcast. Each week, the hosts Linda Rawson and Jennifer Raymond entertain you with real-life stories that are guaranteed to empower, enrich, and enlighten. The Two Biz Chicks are the CEO and Vice President of a successful business, Dinah Grace Enterprises. Now, let's get to the show with Two Biz Chicks, Linda and Jennifer.
1: Hi, I'm Linda Rawson. And I'm Jennifer Raymond.
0: And we are two biz chicks. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Sarah. Sarah is a yoga teacher and much, much more. And she recently moved to Utah. And she has such a wonderful story to share that we're sure that you will enjoy our experience. And so with that, I'd like to introduce Sarah.
2: Uh, Hello, everyone. I'm Sarah. I'm a yoga teacher. I have been teaching for about 10 years. I have been practicing for about 20 years. In addition, I am a Reiki master practitioner and teacher. So I do energy healing and i teach people how to heal themselves and also do holistic life coaching um originally from el salvador so you will hear my accent and my fire latin blood and that's a little bit about me that's
0: fantastic so you you grew up there in el salvador
2: Yes, I came here when I was 16, and I used to get to school, and they would say, "What's your name?" and I would say, "Sarah," and then they would say, "What? What grade are you in?" and I'm like, I don't know, because <laughs> I didn't know how to answer. So, um, it's been an interesting life. Let's put it that way. <laughs>
0: So, and so did you come with your parents to the United States or how did you arrive here? Yes, you did. Uh, Yes,
2: we came, I have two younger sisters and then my parents came here with very little and I just, my mother insisted that we go to school. That was like her thing. Like you just have to go to school. And so I got myself to school, like, you know, working. Like I remember I used to the waitress shift from 6 a.m to 2 p.m and then go to school from 4 p.m to 11 p.m and like if that wasn't enough i had two small children at a very very young age and so you know life didn't deal me the best cards and i certainly didn't make it easy for myself with the choices that i made um but then i was blessed to really just find a teacher and find a spiritual practice and kind of get my act together. And I think that some of those challenges that I encountered earlier in my life, give me the strength and the confidence that I now teach from.
0: Oh, of course. Now, how old are your children now?
2: They're 20 and 22.
0: Wow. Yeah. You must've had them young. You look great.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I am still young. (laughs) So, did you always own your own business? Um, uh, that's not always. So I was, I did have an entrepreneur spirit in my 20s and I kind of did real estate and mortgage just for a little while. And so it wasn't my own business, but I was pretty much self-employed um, because it was commission only. So I was on my own, just trying to get my own clients. And then when the market crashed back in 08, I went to work for the water company. So I got myself a real corporate job doing customer service and things like that. And the whole time I had been practicing yoga for myself and I really, really loved it. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror in a yoga class and just saying, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like... I don't know how, you know, at the time I had so many limitations. There was this training program that was 30 days and I had to go away somewhere to take it and, you know, with two little kids and a full-time job, like that just wasn't an option to just stop <laughs> life for 30 days and go get trained. Um, so eventually though, after working for corporate America for about seven years, which is not long... I just said, you know what? It's time. Let me just give it a try and go out on my own and make a living doing something that I love. And I just kind of took the leap. So I, I did it in the past in some other business, but it was different. This is a passion for me and to create a business that's a passion of something that you really love is truly a blessing.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I that's
0: agree.
2: Wonderful.
1: Um, What were uh, some of the first things? So you talked about that training. What were some of the first steps besides the training to get going? How did you start Um, with
2: clients? So I started at the bottom. So as a yoga teacher, it's a very crowded market out there because you can, you know, get certified in 30 days or go to some weekend programs and then everybody's a teacher. But I really believe that to be a good teacher, you have to be a good student. So I have so far through the years done maybe about five or six different yoga teacher training certifications. I have like 10 times the amount of training that you need to be a teacher. And so that was one of the first things that I did, like education, 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 like really make sure that you are learning and putting the time, effort, resources that it's going to need to master your craft and become good at what you do.
1: And then when I started, I
2: used to literally go from studio to studio asking for jobs. And you know, a lot of the times, because yoga teacher training programs have, every yoga studio has their own yoga teacher training program. They tend to hire from within that. And I was like, that's okay because i have so much more training than the newbies that are getting trained there and so it took a lot of courage to knock on the door and say you know i haven't trained with you but i have trained a lot and i do know what i'm doing and so eventually i got myself a couple of jobs at different studios and then once people started to see what i had to offer that led to more opportunities and some private clients. I used to go to people's houses that work in their basements or in their backyards or in their living rooms, you know, because I didn't have a space. So I had to put in the time and the effort and the work that it takes to get off the ground on a crowded market, you know?
1: That's wonderful. Have you um, relayed some of that knowledge to your children? Are your children really hard workers like that too?
2: Yes, they are. And I also related to my trainees, to my yoga teacher trainees, because I run a yoga teacher training certification program now. And the way that I run it is we're going to do it for real because I myself had to go through so many different ones in order to actually get the full picture. So when it was time to create one, I, you know, I actually created, it's a nine month program and we meet twice a week for three hours each time. And I really, my goal is, to kind of save you some of the unnecessary work that I had to put in by putting it all, getting it all right the first time and making it a very holistic thing. And I'm just very real with my students. And I explained to them, like, this is not an easy thing to do. To make a career, teaching yoga, you know, doing something in health and wellness is different than teaching something that, you know why? Because it doesn't have an immediate gratification. Right? So when you teach yoga, meditation, wellness, nutrition, things like that, students need to put in the work, they need to pay, they need to put in the time. Like it takes like their own effort to do it. So as a practitioner, you have to be able to lead with confidence and support them and nurture them and inspire them. It's a little bit different than trying to make a career doing something that has an immediate gratification. Like you buy something and now it's in your hands or you know, you buy something and now you're gonna make more money. Like this is not like that. Health and wellness requires that the client or student puts in a little bit of effort as well. So I'm very real with my students as well as of what it takes to Create a career doing this. That's
1: awesome. You sound like a really great teacher. Um, what are your biggest challenges so far?
2: You know, right now, one of the things that I am challenged with is, as of a few months ago, was one of the very few teachers teaching online. And now everybody's going online. And I'm having to go out there and I had to completely pivot the way that I was looking for business. So I was doing some Google advertising or some Facebook advertising, trying to build an email list. And then the market got completely overloaded with people trying to do exactly that so i have shifted and i'm doing a lot of more networking and looking for referral partners so i'm talking to massage therapists and nutritioners and chiropractors and physical therapists and people who are trying to help other people and we could kind of just build a relationship And that requires a lot more time and effort. You know, it's really easy to just shoot out an email, you know, pay Facebook some money to put some ads out there. It's a whole other set of skills and a whole other level of effort to take the time to meet people one-on-one, introduce yourself, tell them about you, learn about them and learn about their business and all of that. So that's the challenge that I'm encountering right now. And that's how I'm choosing to try and overcome it.
0: Well, those personal relationships you're developing will go a lot further than pumping some money into a Facebook ad.:
2: Yeah,
1: sure,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, so it sounds like you're you're standing out um, from your competitors by making a more personal reach uh, and be developing those personal relationships.
2: Yeah, and not only that, I mean, what really makes me different from anyone, it's two things. I firmly believe in customizing the practice to the individual's needs because I have studied so many different lineages, and everybody has a different approach to yoga, and there's so many methods and so many different techniques. And to be honest, when I get a student, I don't know really what I'm going to do. I need to know exactly where they are, their level of strength, flexibility, stamina, their ability to focus and concentrate, what their emotional like stage is at. Like, are they in a good place in their life or are they at a very tender place in their life? I take into account what else do they do? Do they play golf or tennis or run or bike or do sports that create like musculoskeletal imbalances and do I need to take that into account when building their practice? And if they're already very active, then maybe their practice needs to be a little bit more relaxing and mellow. But if they are not moving and not doing any form of exercise, then their yoga practice needs to be their exercise, you know? So (laughs) one of the things that I do is I really customize the practice to the individual And I believe, the second thing is I believe in empowering the individuals. So as I work with you, I teach you why I'm doing what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, what you need to be looking for. I'll put you in a post and I'll say, okay, where do you feel it? Does this feel better or does this feel worse? Does this help or does this hurt? And based on your feedback, I will then either give you more of the exercises that help you or have you modify the ones that are not serving. So if I have to say what puts me outside and what makes me different than what everyone else is doing is those two things. Customize the practice and empower the individual to be their own teacher, understand what they're doing, why they're doing it. I even record some of the sessions because I work online only. So when I'm on Zoom, I can record 20, 30 minute videos that I then send to them. They can download and get to keep for life because you can pay me and you can spend time with me and I can teach you. But if you don't practice, then you're not going to see the results that you could see. So I want to empower you to practice. Um, And I even have a lot of resources on my website. There's a resource page where I have apps and books and a link to my YouTube channel that people can use to practice what they learn.
0: That's fantastic. Speaking of, what is your website?
2: Sarah with an H. SarahYogaEndWellness.com
0: Oh, perfect. So have you, um, you speak of a lot of networking. Do you have any advice to give people about that? Especially in Utah, sometimes networking's a little um, different.
2: I would say, listen, don't go into a networking meeting trying to sell somebody and talk about yourself. Your focus on a networking meeting and when you do these one-on-ones, get to know each other meetings, needs to be, how can I help? you learn about whomever you're speaking with and really get to know them and understand like what you just asked what makes them different so that when you have an opportunity to refer them to someone else you can say to this potential client you know i know this practitioner who blank and is different because of blank and i really highly recommend it so get to know your networking partners get to know what their strengths are Get to know what they're looking for. So ask them, what is your ideal client? What are your ideal referral partners? You know, like, for example, I do a lot of networking, and there's a lot of people in the financial industry or insurance, Mm -hmm. real estate, things like that. And I, as a yoga teacher, well, people come to me to kind of forget about that. (laughs) The last thing they want to talk to me about when they're doing yoga is their mortgage and their life insurance and stuff. (laughs) But when I'm working with these financial people, if I learn, okay, what is it, who are your referral partners? So for example, I have a guy who does health insurance. And there's not a lot of those out there, right? So when I go to financial people, insurance people, property and casualty, life insurance people, I'm like, Do you have someone who does health insurance? So I can refer them and I may I connect financial people with financial people because they're at the same like circle and so okay maybe I don't have a client for them but I might have a connection that can serve them and give them clients and so and then they'll remember that you know like they'll remember when in their mind or in their spirit something says I'm looking for a spiritual teacher they'll remember that and then at that time maybe I'll get some business and maybe not but you don't go in with the idea of what isn't it for me. You need to go into these networking meetings, with how can I help you? And then, and then just serve. Just give, serve, do the best you can to help others. And the universe will send it back to you, not necessarily because, you know, it's just because that's your focus and that's your vibration. And because that's where you're focused on internally, that's what the universe will reflect like, back to you. And you don't need to do it for that reason. And don't do it for that reason. Don't go in saying, Oh, I'm going to give. So the universe sends me back. No, that's <laughs> <what> I'm, saying. <laughs> I'm saying, go in and genuinely give and then serve as best you can. And then the universe will have no choice, but to reflect it back.
0: Yeah. I, I totally teach that too. When I teach about networking and, and I mean, I, I run a big networking group that my target market isn't in, you know, and have for years just to connect people. So it's it definitely brings its rewards for sure. Um, do you have any uh, favorite, have you read a good book lately that you'd recommend to others?
2: Yes, I've read a few good books. Um, I'm gonna pull it up here because it's right here. Um I have a list in my website but this one happens to be handy. It's called The Unfeathered Soul by Michael Singer. And it is about getting to know how your system works and staying in a seat of consciousness. So when you see yourself um getting triggered by either fear, or anger, or doubt, or whatever it is that comes up and just makes you a little bit uncomfortable, and you know, I like <laughs> just overwhelmed, right? Can you stay in the seat of consciousness, get to know these emotions, don't be afraid of them, don't push them away, getting yourself distracted, because we live in a world that's constantly bombarding you with a million distractions. And so sometimes when you feel uncomfortable, we just go into do 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 mode or we go into, you know, Netflix, binge, watch, binge watching. And you know, we do anything to distract ourselves. And so he's like, no, just sit with it, lean into it, don't be afraid of it, explore it let it flow through you. And the more that you can do that, and the more that you can stay conscious, the more peace you will have from within. And so he systematically goes through all of the different like things that you need to be looking for and all of the different things that you can do to stay in that seat of consciousness and process these energies and emotions as they come up.
0: Don't you feel sometimes when you feel that fear or anxiety that that is exactly the thing you're supposed to do, right? Yeah. You know, and and so if you overcome those feelings, then it usually turns out great.
2: Yeah. The thing is, though, it's easier said than done, right? Like, we can talk about it. The book can talk about it. We can read about it. And it's like, okay, I understand it. But then when it happens and you get triggered, you lost (laughs) it. You don't know when it happened or how it happened or how to get back to your seat of consciousness, you know? You've lost it. So even though what you, you understand what you need to do, it doesn't mean that it's always easy. And that's why I love yoga. Because what what happens with yoga is you put the body in this upward position. Because a lot of the positions are not very intuitive, you know, they're different from our daily way of sitting or walking or being. And you sit there and you breathe and maybe you're a little uncomfortable, and maybe this hurts, or maybe that hurts, and can you still maintain your equanimity while you're in the pose, right, that's what yoga is really all about, there's many different styles, some are fast, some are slow, some are mellow, some are strong, some are whatever, but they all have these shapes, these yoga pose shapes, and you put the body in these poses, and you say to the mind, okay, feel your shoulder, feel your breath, feel your hamstring, And it doesn't matter what's going on in the body, can you stay conscious and can you keep that equanimity? And when you learn to do that at the physical level and you train your system to do that again and again, then what we're talking about is when your emotions come up, you have the training. You have trained your mind to stay. You have the stamina and the fearlessness to explore whatever is coming up without judgment without resistance without aversion just it is what it is sometimes good sometimes not but you stay non-reactive and aware and conscious and you kind of just let it flow through
1: that's great that's awesome uh listen right listen to your body listen to your mind um, do you have any favorite business tools or resources that you use? You said you had a YouTube channel. Do you edit your own videos? Uh, anything that you can
2: share? Yes. Um, so, if for online, I've tried a couple of different tools, and it's funny because I found YouTube the most like practical of them all, to be honest. Um, I've tried platforms like if you're trying to sell courses online, I found Podia, P-O-D-I-A. Podia.com, it's a very user friendly platform to deliver content, you know, you can put a video and a PDF and there's um, like, what are they, chat rooms, they're not chat rooms, they're like comment boards, you know, where you can interact with your students,
1: and what i like
2: about them is they have their email marketing platform built in and they have their like landing pages for like websites so when you promote something people go right into your landing page and they can buy your course right there so i found that very useful to be honest my biggest tool is an old fashioned pen paper and pencil planner <laughs> i keep all my appointments on Like, because it's just grounding to me and I can see it. One of the things that I think we tend to do as humans is we overdo. And if you can see it here, clear, in black and white, when you're booked and when you're overbooked. So I literally cross like two hours in the middle of the day that I'm not allowed to book clients at this time because that's time for me that I'm going for a hike and I'm having a meal and I'm taking a break in between, you know, cause I sometimes work from like 7am is my first class, so like 8pm is my last class. So I don't take that two hour, three hour break in the middle of the day. And I'm going for 12 hours a day, six days a week. That's not healthy.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel you, sister.
2: Yeah. Sure. So I would say <laughs> that's my tool because it keeps me grounded and focused and balanced. And I think that if you're going to serve and you're going to give, especially those of us in the healing arts who just give and give and give all day, we need to be very mindful and very careful that we're taking care of ourselves. And so that would be my favorite tool for business. (laughs) I think that is great. It's
1: a lot of times people don't write anything down anymore. So sometimes I have to write it down to remember
2: it. So it's good. You're using handwriting. makes you conscious and aware of what you're choosing to do and how you choose to spend your time. So at the end of the week, I literally time and I said, okay, I taught for this many hours, I networked for this many hours so that I make sure that I'm not overdoing.
0: Yeah, I have to do things like that too. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Metrics. Mm
2: Metrics for health and well-being, though, there are different (laughs) metrics for, like, so, (laughs) right, because usually we, we measure how much money did we make and how many sales did we make and how many new clients did we get. I'm just measuring, did I take enough breaks? Did I have enough meals? Did I take, did I go for a hike every day? Like, we don't measure for things like that, honestly. It's not in our consciousness to try and pay attention. But I think it's the most important thing. It's one of the things that I train my students to do. Like, okay, you're going to start a meditation practice, put it on the calendar, and write, how many minutes did you meditate a day? And then the brain actually like likes to see the progress. And I said, okay, if you skip one day, don't beat yourself over it. Just leave a blank. You didn't practice that day. Can you put it in? So you begin to like nurture, and why don't we have KPIs for our whole health and well-being, right?
0: And I have an additional one. So I have professional and then I have that personal one and I track, you know, how did I, you know, do a certain percentage for myself. And then I have another one for creative. Like I absolutely need creativity. I have to create. So did I also leave time for that? Yeah. So there's, there's an additional KPI that I have for myself as well. But (laughs) But I have to track or I don't either. I think it's just natural when you're um, a, an entrepreneur to to not take care of yourself. It's just natural. Yeah. So um, I think we're gonna we're getting ready to wrap up here. Is is there uh, any anything in particular you would like to tell people?
2: I would just like to encourage you that if you have something that you are passionate about. Get the resources, the help, and everything that you need to make it happen. Because when you are on the right path and you are honoring your spirit and you are doing what you love, people can sense it. They can sense it in your voice. They can sense it in your energy. And that's what they follow. And if you're not doing that, if you're doing what you think you should be doing, even if it doesn't feel right, just because that's what everybody else Thinks or suggests or expects of you, um, you are limiting the amount of energy that can flow through your system. Where if you follow your heart and you open yourself fearlessly to do whatever it takes, and hey, you're gonna need some help and you're gonna have to put in a lot of work into whatever it is. But if you open yourself to the possibility and really decide that this is what you want to do, and you give it all you got the energy system opens up and through divine guidance, you will find the right connections, the right people at the right time. The clients whom you can help will find you. So just follow it. And if you are feeling stuck and you feel like you want to, but you don't know how, just Find someone to help you and find someone to coach you and find someone that you can learn from and someone who's done it before and can get the help. We cannot do this alone. I've had a lot of helps and a lot of teachers, especially one teacher whom I've been with for over 11 years, my Reiki master teacher, who really helped me to create my practice and become the teacher that I am. I didn't do this on my own. So find a mentor, find a teacher, get yourself some support, and just enjoy the journey.
1: That's wonderful. Um, How do people get in touch with you? You mentioned your
2: website, but do you have social media? Yes, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on on all of them. And uh, you're looking for Sarah yoga, and wellness. They're all under that name in Bountiful Utah. That's where I'm based out of.
0: Well, it's certainly been a pleasure today, and uh, we look forward to speaking with you more, um, and I'm hopeful that other people will reach out as well. So have a wonderful day. Thank you so day. much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been, I, I love the, um, Follow your passion, find your life purpose. Uh, all of those things are such valuable uh, information, and to to hear over and over. So thank you again. Thank
1: uh, you. And thank you.
0: Yeah, and everyone have a wonderful day, and okay. we'll we'll see you soon. Okay,
2: bye-bye. bye bye. Bye.